Thank you for joining us for another night of Dungeons & Dragons. I am, as always, your host and Dungeon Master, Kenny. We have our entire party with us tonight, including our Warlock. Hey, it's Jesse playing Valandis. Our Bard. Hi, this is Austin playing L. Our Cleric. Hey, this is Scott playing Slate. Our Artificer slash Wizard. Hey, y'all. It's Dylan playing Boomer. And our Fighter. Hey, everyone. It's Jeff playing Garen. So when we last left off, the party had just rendezvoused with uh, Surprise Allies, a, uh, a small collection of Coalition Wave 2 members that uh, had recognized them as being Coalition members since they were just talking with that giant dragon in the middle of town and, uh, and requested information and an audience. And after a lot of uh, nervous hands-on hilts and daggering eyes... Uh, it seems that the party has welcomed into their in-room Ruder the dog, Murdoch the barbarian, Jayla the shadow blade, I guess, rogue, ro- rogue, and uh, Chesto the ranger. I don't know why I gave them, like, full introductions. They're not people. They're just NPCs. Anyway, so... I, I believe you guys were like knee deep in conversation with these people. So, did anyone have any more talking points? I would like to continue to pet the dog. Uh, R- <laughs> Ruder is all about it. Yeah. What does Ruder look like now? Um, he's like a like a milk chocolate co- colored mastiff. Oh no! Oh, that's so cute. Go mush that face. Um. Had we had like come up with a plan of action with these guys, or, or... I don't uh, believe so. The best, the best I can remember is that we were talking about the uh, Black Hammer peoples and yeah. how we might want to try to ambush them. Well, that was my idea. That I, I had brought up ambushing them. Did did any did they mention putting on amulets by any chance? Yes, they did. And okay, Chesto, they did. It got awkward. Yeah, Chesto mentioned that after they act, the their party of five, uh, formerly of five, bested their ambushers, um, one of the two fallen of their party put on one of the amulets and then turned on the party, slaying one of them, and then they had in turn had to kill him. Metal. All right. You say metal like that shit didn't almost exactly happen to you guys. Yep. Oh, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. We still remember. (laughs) Yeah, I remember, too. Anyway. (laughs) Smash cut fucking camera to, like, three or four fucking necklaces. Necklaces in the snow. Lost and forgotten. Mm Mm-hmm. Garen was trying to help his friend out. Mm-hmm. Well then, um, was the crystal we were looking for in this town, or we were just popping off in here? No, the dragon said that he was going to fulfill what the coalition requested of him and ferry you all to the kingdom of Detroit tomorrow. He was going. To, uh, he was supposed to do it post haste, but um, he was so smitten with the uh, unicorn that he had to pr- make preparations to let her become his ward. And here is my walk-in closet of fedoras. I remember. <laughs> okay. 
So, uh, not nighttime yet, right? We're still yeah. Like, let's, relative let's, let's call it like early evening at the latest. Got it. All right. So we have a night to talk to these guys and maybe come up with a plan. See yeah, if they want to come with us. Yeah, he said to meet you guys back at the town center with the sun. So you guys have the night. Well, hey, how about we all kind of figure out what's going on over some hot food in the common room? That'll be Garen's suggestion because we've all had a long day. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, Valen's still a little bit on edge about them not being completely followed. Um, they seem a little hapless. Some of them seem a little hapless to him. Uh, so he's going to stay on his guard and not exactly imbibe anything right. uh, with dinner. Jayla points out that she is against them making plans in the public room if that's the plan. If they want to eat, you know, her, her and Murdoch will gladly go down and grab a couple platters for the room, but if we're going to be colluding, she says, we should do it within the privacy of our room. And Chester can place some protective wards to make sure any whispers don't leak through our door. Mm, Fair that enough. Sounds good to I'd, have, I'd have thought the din would have covered our plans well enough, but I won't argue with that point. Well, right. We don't know who we're, exactly who we're dealing with. You know, but They might be listening everywhere. We're going to need, like, an entire barrel of ale. So, uh, the Murdoch and Jayla go downstairs, um, and, uh, Chesto sort of pulls a few quarrels from his, uh, quiver, and has, like, a fistful, about five or six of them, and, and, like, sort of walks around the room and asks each of you, would you kindly touch one of these arrows? I'm going to be placing a trap, and if your scent is on the arrows, they won't find you prey. Hmm. Yep, Boomer will touch one. Uh, but while they go and get food, he is going to run down to the cart okay. and cast alarm on it, around it. Okay. And, and then touches his, his arrow as well. All right. Yeah, Yeah. Valen will touch the arrow. All right, you see, him, you see him sort of then go around the one window <clears throat> of the uh, room and almost as if there was an adhesive at the back uh, knock of the of the quarrels he places them along the wall so there's almost like a halo around the wall they seem to just be held there almost as if standing at attention uh, and you sort of you sort of see him make a, a small magical gesture uh, and then all of the arrows sort of turn their heads towards the window. He uh, goes, should any unwanted visitors come through the window, my quarrels will find their mark. Hmm. Okay. Ominous indeed. Um, have we gotten these people something to drink? Because if not, I'll get them something to drink. Uh, Ch- Chesto gladly you know, pulls a small copper uh, drinking bowl from his pouch and uh, receives whatever it is you have to offer him. Oh, yeah. Uh, L shares the good wine. Okay. Uh, before well, he even takes a sip, so, so you hand it back to him and he goes to tip it and then you hear like a low 
growl from underneath the table, and he goes, <laughs> I'm sorry, boy, and he leans down and lets Ruder take the first lick. Uh, Elle decides not to be offended by this guy sharing his good wine with the dog. It's a good dog. Uh, good and then real hard. Yeah. And then uh, Chesto goes and drinks your wine and remarks that it is quite impeccable. I hope your dog thinks so, too. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Ruder doesn't let me go around drinking foreigners any kind of liquid. He always prefers to s- smell it for poison and often takes a little for himself. Oh, that is handy. Uh, so as he sort of enjoys that little bit of wine, he places another seemingly ward of some manner uh, under the window and then right around the door. And he goes, well, that should make sure that no one comes in or out without us knowing it, and at the very least, our voices should not escape this room. Uh, and then, not too much time later, uh, probably right after Boomer gets back, uh, there's a pretty solid single knock at the door, and Jayla just opens the door, and she goes, Murdoch, they're expecting us, you fool. And she has this big... Uh, I mean, she's kind of a smaller frame, especially standing next to Murdoch, but it's like a, a a small keg that she then, you know, taps and sets on the table and sets down a few tankards while Murdoch brings in this large platter of, you know, bread and cheese and meat. Yeah. yeah wonderful. Well, Slate's all about that. He's going to dig in. Garen, likewise, will as well. All right, so the meal is modest but desirable. It's not trail rations, so that's probably fresh. And uh, what is it? Uh, eventually, the, the, the three new members of your room sort of look to you all and go, so what's this proposed plan, and how long are you all in town for before you have to move forward? We just have tonight, correct? The dragon tends to fly us off in the morning. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. We're heading to Detroit. Wow. Detroit. <laughs> I, hear, I hear it's a paradise. <laughs> or something similar. Yeah. Yeah, we're headed to the, uh, the last, or one of the crystals to, uh, you know, ward it. Mm-hmm. Jayla nods and goes, so did you have plans to act tonight, or? Um, I'm having a hard time remembering exactly where we left off the conversation, Tricon. What plans were we We were planning? We, we didn't yet, is the thing. We ah, were on the cusp okay. of, you guys were like, we should ambush the black hammer-wielding guys. And okay, that's kind of where we left it. So, so there are known black hammer guys in the city right now. No, not at all. That is entirely uh, something you all made up. Okay, we're planning on them. We're planning on being observed and being followed because they have been observing and following us. A that lot was of the Valen's line of thinking. I was to say okay. that's, yeah, that that's, was... that's what Valen seems to be thinking, but um... it could be wrong. It could be totally wrong. Sure. But. Garen would take a swig of ale and volunteer himself as bait if we need to, uh, if you really want to find out if someone's sneaking around. 
I mean, Indeed. when was the last time y'all seen these guys? How long ago was it? It was when we were ambushed, which was almost half a month ago. Hmm. And you that... haven't seen any sense? No. And like I said, uh, Chester has a magnificent hand for making our tracks disappear behind us. Does half a month ago approximately match up with when you ran into our... No, you guys didn't. You guys got ambushed over a month ago. Okay. Still, though, for them to be hitting multiple parties in multiple places in the world, clearly they are somehow entwined. And they can kill with large mercenary bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. not weak. They have sources, and if they have sources, there's a good chance that they are in the major cities. Well, in That's this room, we have the leftovers of three attacks. So some would say that we are the ones that survived where we made them unsuccessful in their attacks. So three different attacks. The results are right here. Indeed. Uh, Speaking of, I don't know that I ever got the story of uh, Yoral's mission with the campaign. Uh, It is our objective to cast a protective charm upon the crystals, but what were you doing? This is where Jayla sort of leans forward and takes a swig of ale that you're surprised her frame can handle. And she goes, and she sort of points at you with her hand that's holding the mug. And she goes, well, we said vaguely before, but I'll tell you thoroughly now. Our plan, as, as members of the Coalition's second wave, we were to reinforce first wave parties, such as yourselves. And either help with logistics or succeed where parties such as yourselves have failed. When we left the capital of Yao, there was only four parties in the first wave confirmed to be alive. My God. There was a castle full of people when we started. Do you have any idea if... All of those losses were due to this counteraction by the Hammer Group? She shakes her head. Sources are unsure. Some people say that some of the parties fell in travel or ambushed, and maybe by third parties, but there seems to be whispers that these black hammer-wielding or necklace-wielding people are a common thread amongst the attacks. Hmm. We've had no easy going of it of ourselves, but I didn't realize that we've been so lucky. Well, you certainly seem to be some of the more powerful people they enlisted. Thanks. Garen says. Yeah, I've always been wondering why it's just us that's going for the crystals. I always wonder what the other ones were doing. Yeah, I always thought that... I don't know we were doing something wrong, and we'll be honest with you, I thought they sent us to do, you know, harm to these crystals, because they were coming out with these avatars and trying to fight us and destroy us, but... And why no one else has gotten any other crystals yet, but... I guess they all met their ends. This is is when Murdoch sort of steps forward after listening to you speak, Boomer. Um, 
and he sort of weaves his hands in like a sphere in the air, and he's like, Yal Zar is a magic place. And he sort of like makes these like four points, and he goes, and these four crystals keep it together. This is the most eloquent he's been. Before now, he's been like short four-word sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that there's a bit of a mystic air to him. Maybe there's maybe he's some sort of weird uh, path of barbarian who is more in tune with the magics, but he seems to be quite in touch with druidic talk because he sounds like he's some sort of weird like earth spiritualist. Because these four crystals hold the world together. And he sort of wipes his hands away. He goes, makes sense that people would try and stop anyone messing with them one way or the other, including the crystals. Yep, yeah, that, that makes sense. But I, I just had a bad feeling, but I guess I was wrong. Or right, I don't know. There's When we left, there were literally hundreds of people there. And now to know that there's only four groups left. What are the other three doing, by the way? Do we, do we have any clue, or has there been any contact? I guess we should have asked about that when we last spoke to... What's his name? I think we should definitely have some more questions for him the next time we talk to him. Which, if you remember, your calendars is in three days. Uh, sure. So, well, uh, Chesto sort of leans forward and goes, "Well, that's a downer." And he takes a sip of wine and goes, "So, do we have plans for the night, or shall we enjoy ourselves in a brief respite of shared company?" I vote the latter. You would. Hmm. Well, not only because of my nature, but also because it seems as if we will have to be found by these hammer faction. We've not we've got no leads on them and we don't even know that they're any close by. As anxious as I am to get more information about them and meet more of them on our own terms, I can't see that we'll be achieving it tonight. Garen holds up a finger. What if I'm not one for subterfuge, but what if we just run our mouths down at the bar? Hmm. You said it yourself, we're worried about people overhearing us. Maybe we should talk about being brave heroes of the coalition. I don't hate this idea. The room down there is fairly packed, is it not? Jalen nods and then slams her mug down and goes, I am against this idea. You all may have been fortunate to not know loss like we have, but I would not invite that upon us. Be ready for when they come, but to invite attack seems foolhardy, at best. On the contrary, if we know they're coming, we're ready for them. They're not going to be popping out of snow or out of trees at us. They'll be coming at us in a back alley when the guy who's running his mouth says, I have to go relieve myself, where his much more agile companions will be lying in wait for the man who tries to shove a knife into his gut. Or, just hear me out here, or they could do this really cool thing where they lob a fireball into a group of people and hope we all die. 
because it doesn't seem like they care about life at all. But they have kept they have cared about keeping a low profile. Could we potentially um, simply sow misinformation? I, I, I think Gaharan may be onto something with running our mouths downstairs. Uh, what if we were to give them Aww. the wrong impression of our destination? Jayla points and goes, that is a good idea. Some kind of stop upon the way to the crystal. I don't think we could dissuade them of our actual intention, but maybe if we let them know that a party member had fallen sick or if we had a, a, a some sort of waylay upon our route, we could buy ourselves time. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I like that. Yeah, Possibly. I agree. I'd still feel more comfortable knowing that uh, whoever was stalking us was ground beneath us, but if everyone thinks this is a better idea, then I will go along with it. Well, if we're out on the road, then there's less chance that innocents could get hurt while we're you know, in this city. Murdoch uh, seems to be quite in the agreement with that idea. That Very way, well. if anything happens, it's outside and it's just us. Mm. You all make solid points. Um, getting out of the city is probably the best idea. Um, I like the idea of sowing misinformation um, by us sometime. We could even try and find a local guild. I'm sure they're having a blast with these culty, arms runny. Naughty boys in their midst. Uh, Murdoch nods again, but steps forward and says, This will work for you all, for us to keep a low profile for the night. But you all will be able to fly out of this town tomorrow. We will be on foot. True. Hmm. I mean, that is an option. Chester, Chester sort of looks up and goes, A dragon is a dragon, a mighty beast indeed. Surely there's room enough for three and a dog? Uh, I mean, sure. Uh, if it's alright with the rest of us. If not, I mean, I'm sure we could scrounge together some money for a horse and a cart for you guys to get out there and probably get a head start on them. Jayla waves her hand and goes, No, if we were going to leave this town on horseback, we have horses in the stable that we could take. Hmm. Well, it might take some sweet talking, but I think we could t convince the dragon to take the three of you. Possibly. Well, I think that Chesto, this is Chesto speaking. He goes, well, I think that that's a marvelous idea. We have the night in, enjoy, maybe share some war stories. He kind of looks at Gaharan with a smile and goes, "And but keep the night to ourselves, quiet and thorough. And with the morning, know the gale winds. Indeed. Yeah. Very um, well. Sounds good. Uh, there's one other thing, guys, I, I need to pick up before we, we do anything. Do any of y'all want to venture out with me real quick? Just so we're not I'll out, head out with out you. Murdoch steps forward. 
All right, Bell cool. also go. Oh, all right. Well, shoot, that's a lot of people. Cool. We're gonna go look at some fancy jewels. All right. Sounds nice. You guys have a good time. So uh, Jayla and Chesto pour uh, mugs a, a round of ale for everyone that's staying. Which I think is just the two of them, L and Slate. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Chesto no. wants to tell you about the <clears throat> sweet dice game he knows. Dice game, you say? Yes, I picked it up from some bard. Please, teach me. I'm... Always interested in new games. And the door closes on that entertainment. Yes. So, Murdoch and you three leave, I assume. Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, where I want to go, I just want to go pick up a couple uh, of diamonds and just get rid of the rest of this money that I have. Okay. Well, uh, the town square probably has some manner of jeweler. Yep. Uh, I will go that way then. All right. Do you want to go to the more uh, hoity-toity looking one or the more like uh, herbalist slash gemstone seller? Uh, I might need to go to the hoity-toity one because I also need to buy a diamond worth a thousand gold. Okay. Alright, so you all walk in. Um, it is getting on the day, so there's only a couple of other, there's like one other customer that's actively being attended to by a not ugly, but like very dolled up uh, woman. Like she has a lot of makeup, she has very fancy clothes, um, but you see she's she's hiding a lot of herself under that. Um, and she sort of waves at you all as you enter, and she gives you like a weird look like, you're not the sort of people that I normally have in my shop, but I'll take your money anyway. Uh, and quickly finishes the transaction with the half-elf man. <coughs> he leaves and she goes, so, gentlemen, and I suppose those less gentle, what is it that my shelves can find for you? Uh, hi, how you doing? Uh, my name's Boomer, and these are my compatriots. Um, I am in the, I am looking for a, uh, a couple of gemstones, uh, diamonds to be exact. I need, uh, two that are around, uh, 50 gold pieces, and I need one that's around a thousand gold pieces. So you go through most of your order, and she's like, oh, two, five, two fifty gold diamonds, I certainly have those. Then you say the 1,000 gold diamond, and her eyes light up. Uh, and you can almost see the dollar signs. Uh, and she goes, well, that's quite the order. If you give me just a moment, I can immediately find you the two fifty gold uh, diamonds. Absolutely would not be a problem. But uh, that last item, uh, you're going to have to give me just a moment while I check the back store. Uh, when All right. she immediately in the one of the shelves near where she's standing, she f- produces a pair of modest diamonds and sets them uh, on to like uh, soft leather squares that she bundles and ties up and puts them together for you. And then she says, now just one moment. 
and uh, and she kind of like gives a coy smile and points to the two big guys behind you. Goes now, don't you all break anything? And she disappears. What do you think of it? Uh, just a just a quick thing, DM. Can, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just, uh, the when we talked about the artificers thing to identify items, uh-huh. I needed a, I I needed the thousand gold diamond to be able to do it. Right. Yes. Just just right off the bat, anytime I want. Right, but you'd use it as a focus, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about. Cool. Yep. I just wanted to be sure before I I blew this right right before you just drop a grand on a diamond. Yeah, the size of your fucking fist. Yeah, yeah. Oh man! All right, make sure you check that it's real. Oh yeah. I guess that'd be an insight or an investigation. All right, investigation. Cool. Uh, All right, so she comes back with a locked box um, that's the size of your head, uh, and she sets down next to the box a couple pieces of. Tools that you recognize, definitely for analysis of gemstones. They're dolled up and embossed with brass etchings, and it's it's very pretty. But you're like, yeah, this is this is a very pretty version of something I have in my toolbox. Yep. Uh, And she opens it with a small key and produced, and you can see inside this lockbox is a fucking diamond the size of your fist, Boomer. And she goes, I believe you'll find this to your acceptance. I've given you tools, though, that I'm sure your keen eye can discern such. Uh, yeah, let me ch- just check it out real quick, and I'll roll an investigation. Sure. Come on, Chris. Sorry, I lost you there, Bruno. Oh, sorry. Uh, 21. Okay, you actually size up that you're about to get a kind of a good deal. This uh, this diamond is cl- worth closer to one point one thousand than one thousand. But if she's asking for a thousand for it, then hey. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, yeah, I will most definitely take this diamond for one thousand gold pieces, and the other two for fifty gold pieces each. She nods and most greedily almost. She can hardly contain her eagerness to part with this kind of scratch. Uh, and she counts out your coinage and says, Well, that's all here. Please enjoy your lovely gemstones. And if you ever need something as fancy as that again, there's only one place in town that has such. Uh, of course. Uh, thank you very much, ma'am. Uh, y'all have a nice day. And I'm gonna put the things in a bag of holding. Uh huh. This thing's the size of my fist, right? Yeah, this, the the one thousand gold diamond. Yeah, it's like the size of your fist. Uh, now okay. it would fit in Gaheron's palm, but it's you know. Oh, I was gonna make like a like a like a. Uh, you know the how clockmakers wear those magnifying glasses, right? Like in the little loops. I was gonna make one of those out of it, but if it's the size of my fist, there's no way I'm gonna if, be able if, to do that. <laughs> Honestly, it's not really too different for me. If 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 that pleases you on an aesthetic level to do, yeah, just as my focus. As long as you're des- destroying the diamond to to make that, I'm, as far as I'm considered, you're you paid the thousand gold for it. Like, oh, okay, cool. I'm a, I'm about it then. Yeah, cool. I will do that. The gold is there as a gate, you know. Yep. 
And if it's right. not a fucking problem, then I don't need to be like, well, you have to hold it yeah. in full up to your eye when the moon is in its half waning state. <laughs> like, nah, it's definitely the inconvenience uh, is the money. All right, cool. I will hand him the money. Uh, I'll look to the rest of the group. Any of you boys want need anything else while we're here? I mean, I'm broke, but maybe. I don't quite oh. think I need anything from this store. Uh. Valen, maybe we could get you some nice gems for your cone. Uh, it up no. a bit. No, I don't think bedazzling the cone is going to make me feel any better about losing my arm. So, oh, you know the You know the gnomish term of term of bedazzling. We like to bedazzle stuff. You're not uh-huh. making that canon in my universe. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> hey, man, I got finger guns. Yeah. That's all I needed. Yeah, you got finger guns. I'm super cool with it. What if we gave it a more thematic name like Belt Dazzling? No. No. <laughs> Yells Arlen. No. Yells what? Arlen. No. What? <laughs> Get that shit out of here. Oh, Valen right, walks well. out of the gym shop. All right, let's go, boys. All right. Um, hey, uh, uh, Garen would ask him, like, as they walk out, so what kind of... What are you planning on doing with a diamond that size? Uh, well, um, you know how we come across some magic items that we have no idea what it does, right? Well, uh, with this, I've uh, found in my studies, I can use it as a focus to determine exactly what uh, those magic items are. Uh, Boomer. Yeah. Yeah. I might need you to look at this battle axe. Uh, it felt, right. felt weird ever since our encounter with certain people that had certainly nothing to do, and it was certainly not my fault. Well, once we get back to the uh, the bar, uh, I will definitely take a look at it in our room, whipping out this diamond right now in the middle of the street. Not such a good idea. Murdoch, oh, yeah, I left the bat. Murdoch asks, I have a similar request. Uh, of course, man. I'll, I'll totally do that for you guys once we get back. And he continues... One last thing. I saw a store that I would like to stop in. Since we are all here, and it is only over there, would you all join me? Sure. Uh, yeah, why not? He seems to hey, can I? Good. Quick out of character. So the telepathy that we all have between ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's been a while since we've used it. Because that's basically something we could just concentrate on as we walk. Yeah. So... um. Garen would center himself and kind of just ask the two other f- guys with him mentally, what do you think of these guys? I have no idea. They seem trustworthy. I mean, but I'm not completely sure. That's just weird, man. Page. Yep. And I hate it's to be non-trustworthy. Fun. I mean, this whole mission has made me super paranoid. Mm-hmm. I know, it's really frustrating. Alright, so let's just... Getting some let's more just... information out of uh, Begdor Azor the next time we talk to him might be the best idea. Yeah, but that's... Let's just be on our toes for the next day or so. That's about three days to... away, so... Well, that's why I came with you. We need to uh, stay tight and yep. uh, protect each other for the next few days. I I got your back. If y'all got mine. I've got everybody's back. 
Alright. And then I guess we'll follow him to the store? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a couple of doors down, uh, and you're like immediately aware of what kind of store this is. It's a co- it's a confectionery. Oh, what? Hell yeah! Yeah. Yeah, so he walks in, and I assume you all join him. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a it's a candy store. It's quite literally yeah. a candy store. Um, they also have like pastries and like sweet breads and whatnot. But uh, he walks in and begins to speak in a non-common language. I want to make sure I have this language choice correct. Give me. Actually, does anyone speak giant? Nah. Nope. Okay. So he starts speaking in a weird language to the large-framed confectioner on the other side of the counter. Uh, and they seem to talk back and forth, and uh, then Murdoch seems to get awfully quite excited. Almost like quite actually a kid in a candy store kind of way. Uh, and the confectioner disappears and comes back and hands him a small bundle, and he exchanges a couple of uh, gold for it. Uh, and then the two of them sort of give each other a nod that ends in like a slightly deliberate headbutt. Uh, huh. Murdoch says, this is all I rec- was looking for. Is there anything you all would desire? Actually, um, Garen would look at the guy and ask him, does he do cakes? Can he decorate a cake like a little pie or something? The guy nods and says, in common, of course. Cake is not Garen- particularly my fancy, but if... You want something fancy, you can bring me anything that the baker in town makes, and I can do that. Ooh, that'll work. Or just a treat. I just, I travel with this fancy little bard, and I wanted to get him something nice, and I know he'd appreciate something sweet. Is he sweet or sour boy? (laughs) Yes. Depends on how many many wines deep he is. Um... Do you have, do you just have any treats that look like, like, like frumpy elves? He seems to ponder and stroke his chin and goes, Ha! I have just the thing. And he sort of yes. grabs from one of the shelves. It looks almost like a prickly pear. Uh, but it's candied. Ooh. And he go and he sort of, you know, bundles it up in, you know, cheesecloth and hands it to you and goes, Now this is basically a candied fruit, but I have layered the candy on the outside to be sweet on the outside and sour on the inside and that sourness generally penetrates the fruit itself and gives it a nice you know soury I guess flavor all the way through that sounds perfect how much is it oh please with your friend buying what he bought made me think of home a simple silver or two would be all I could ask Garen would give him three he smiles and hands you the you know, cheesecloth wrapped, candied prickle pear. Garen pockets it and grins super wide at the other two. Um, y'all got any cotton candy? One of my one of my most sell, sold items is the the candy silk. Yes. Uh, do you have a flavor? I have a few. Ooh, what you got on in hand? I mean, well, on, you know, on... it sounds weird, but the kids love tree nut. But I also have just sort of a red berry and then also a lemon. Uh, can I have the lemon, please? 
and he goes and gets a bunch of quite literally has like a regular stick that you'd find in the woods and tumbles it around in the device uh, that he has the the cotton uh, the cotton candy in and then produces it almost looks like a beehive on a stick and he just hands it to you and goes that'll be five silver he'll give him the five silver oh yeah I love cotton candy (laughs) yeah dude who doesn't he'll just start eating it and it gets all on his beard and stuff oh yeah it's the worst I love cotton candy, especially women. Mm. Anyways, God damn it! All right, uh, he'll he'll look at the. uh, I guess he's a giant and be like, "Uh, "What did you get, bud?" Who, um, Murdoch? Yeah, Murdoch. He smiles and goes, "I will show you when we return to the room. It is something that reminds me of home." Well, all right, let's get back to the back to the room. Works for me. All right. All right. So, uh, going back to the room for that interim amount of time. So the rules of the game are pretty simple. And after taking a handsome amount of fifteen gold from Chester, Chesto, uh, he remarks that you're quite the quick hand, L. Oh, thank you. Read that as you got fifteen gold. By the way. Oh, cool. 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 Um, where's my gold? I don't know. Not in Garen's pocket. <laughs> Anymore? <laughs> Anymore. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Slate, do you have anything that you wanted to do while you're waiting for the rest of your party to get back? Shake my head at L playing the dice game. Okay. That's about as much time passes before the party returns, and they seem to be, you know, a, the sweet smell of chocolate and candy and all manners of fine things fill the room as your party enters. Hey guys, we got candy, and I got some other stuff too. Um, Ale, could you do me a favor real quick? That depends... He's just gonna start pointing his beard. Can be like, can you press the digi- digitation the, the you know stuff out my beard? But what do you have in your beard? Cotton candy. Uh, sure. <laughs> L does as he asks. All right, thanks, buddy. You're the best. And I've got a present for you, L. Don't say. Garen would offer him the wrapped treat. I was describing you to the confectionery, and he said that this fits your personality perfectly. That gives you a very suspicious look. <laughs> Sorry, Garen's just offering it to him with a gigantic shit-eating grin. Uh, he unwraps it. Does he? You said it was like a fruit thing. Yeah. So imagine like a candied apple or like a caramel yeah. apple. Except okay. it's more like um, clear candy on the outside, and it's like on a pear. Um, and it's almost got like a misty finish to it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just like something that you would just like bite into. Uh, he he salutes Gaharan with it and says, "Your health," and tries it. 
it's pleasant at, at first. It's very it's very sweet. Oh, maybe arguably too sweet if you don't have the tongue for mead. Uh, mm-hmm. But then when you bite into the fruit, you can feel it in your teeth and then in your gums, and then your mouth is awash with this potent sour punch. That's tasty, but jolting. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give it a, a okay. L gets a. That's his bonus. Twenty six to bluff, and uh, expresses every delight with how this thing is treating him. Garen is very pleased with himself. <laughs> Motherfucker didn't even try to roll. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way we're beating 26. That's great. <laughs> you know what? Just for funsies. No, I can't actually. I can get a nat 20 <laughs> and not beat that. Oh, 17. That's pretty good. But nope, Garen would slap him and just said, I wanted to do something nice for you. Slap him on the shoulder, not in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Take your pair. (laughs) You are a peach, my friend, as is this treat. Well, I guess that if I'm a peach, that makes us a pair. (laughs) Huh? I see what you. Ah! That's. And with that, I'm just gonna go back to drinking. So Murdoch uh, moves away some some space on the table and puts out the rather large uh, bundle that he received from the confectioner, and he uh, sort of hums in a foreign language. Uh, does anyone? L, you don't speak giant, right? Uh, let me check. No. E, uh, slight. Nope. I, I didn't think so. Um sort of seems to be humming almost like a like a like a lullaby almost, just in how it's like kind of soft. And as he unwraps this bundle, you realize it's like a large brick of chocolate that has been molded into the shape of a gourd. Uh and he sort of looks to you all and says, For new friends, fallen ones. And then the trails before us, and he picks it up almost, and realizes realizing now the stem is actually a stick. Uh, it's almost like it's a handle to this gourd made of chocolate, and he raises it up and smashes it onto the table like a mace. And the the you guys know those like chocolate oranges? Yeah, yeah that you like yep. break and it splinters into perfect slices. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The majority of the gourd does that, but the base, like the more oblong, open, uh, a larger part of the gourd, splits open like a candy pinata, and a bunch of small, round candies spill out onto the table, amongst splinters of chocolate, and then you know, six or six or eight, like nice little slats of chocolate. Oh my. And he... This is magnificent, and I've been kicking myself for not getting any chocolate while we were in that shop. <laughs> so, Balan will grab a piece and enjoy it thoroughly. Yeah, it's a nice dark chocolate. Yes. I, I just ate up a whole thing of 
of cotton candy and my tummy's a little upset. But <laughs> I will definitely get some here in a bit. By the way, what was that thing you wanted me to check out for you? Murdoch nods with a piece of candy, a uh, piece of chocolate sticking out of his lips, uh, and he produces um, the. Did, did I mention what kind of weapon was on his back? Nah. No. Um, cool. Then I'm just going to take whatever I said before. Pass Kenny. I lied. This is what it is. Uh, it's a great axe. Yeah, cool. And sort of produces it from his back and he lays it upon his arms before you. You can see that it's mystical and, and etched across the hilt of the, or I guess the, the shaft of the weapon and uh, amongst the blade and uh, side of the head of the axe. Cool. Very nice. Uh, I will take out the diamond and uh, I'll be like, well, if anybody has any magic items that they need, you know, me to tell them what they are, figure it out if they're like crazy, you know, you don't know what they are, bring them out now. Um, Garen would grab a towel or something nearby and pull out the battle axe to, to make sure that he's not actually touching it. Anyone else? No, Jayla and Chesto. Chester. Chest. Chesto. Okay. So. Fucking myself up with that name. Uh, they both are content. Cool. Alright, I will take the diamond out and I will figure out what these things are. Um, it is identified as a plus two great axe. Alright. Cool. I'll look up at Murdoch but like, uh, this is a... I don't know how to say it in game. Uh, this is a super powerful axe. It uh, it uh, cuts deeper, uh, but it's got magical edges. I think I don't know. Chester plus sort of chimes up. Didn't you tell me that your father's father's father crafted that axe, and it's been passed down amongst your family? Murdoch nods and smiles a bit and sheathes it back upon his back. It it's definitely super magical. That's a really nice weapon you got there. Murdoch sort of gives you a weird salute and thanks you. Alright, buddy. Let's see what happened to your axe. Now, can you refresh my memory as to where you got this from and what I've already told you about it? Um, we got it from the random trader. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to bring him back. Just gonna chop down trees, but... Then Jesse touched it with his magic hands, and I've been afraid to use it ever since. What happened when I touched it? I don't remember um, this. You changed it, and yeah, what? Instead of being able to like cut down trees, his well, eyes glow green or something. Yeah, I was gonna say everything turned green, and Karen tossed the weapon aside because it was weird, and he didn't know what was gonna happen. Gotcha. All right, uh, so you you identify it? Yep. Um, you recognize that there is some sort of weird charm spell attached to this weapon, to whoever holds it is affected by the spell. But uh, it, it seems to be that it makes you see things differently. Uh, but the magic within the weapon itself is quite powerful, albeit very focused. Uh, this is a plus... You know, plus zero magical battle axe, but versus plants, it's a plus three battle axe. Oh my! 
You strike right. harder, strike deeper against anything that is a plant, and anything that is a sentient plant has to make a save against uh, DC 13 constitution or immediately be, be start to wilt and die. Yeah, I'll let him know all that. I'll be like, well, against plants, you're going to be pretty tough. Uh, it uh, cuts deeper. You'll cut right through a tree. Um, but it's also going to make you see some weird stuff. There's, It'll change your vision. Uh, it's got, like, and make you see anything as a tree. And it's going to make you see pretty much everything as a tree. Hmm. But it's magic will only affect things that are actually trees. Correct. Okay. What was that, DC? Uh, 13. Yeah, DC 13, Constitution save. As long as it's wow. not going to take my mind over or anything like that. And let's just call it the Cursed Lumberjack's Menace. <laughs> No. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it'll take over your mind. Uh, from what I can tell, no. But we're all gonna look like trees. Okay. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Hey, it's no problem, bud. I was afraid it was gonna take over my mind or something. I mean, I can't promise anything. Well, I think I'm going to listen to you from now on about cursed stuff. Oh, wow. All right. Cool. What a concept. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's at this point that uh, Chesto is sitting in a corner and petting Rooter and seems to be on the verge of falling asleep. Well... Should we call it a night? Were we going to go ahead with our plan to try and go and be overheard? I rather think we should. I'll head well then, we need some kind of plot, a, a, a story to tell. Some other kind of destination, and I admit I'm not familiar with the local geography. Well, they know we're going for the crystal, right? They do, but we want to give them some manner of detour. Do we have a map of the local region? Maybe these fine fellows do? Uh, Jayla shakes her head and goes, No, we have no such map of the area. Hmm. Are you guys familiar with any big landmarks in the opposite direction of the crystal? Yes, it's where we came from. There's uh, the port town that we came from. What's a good reason to go to a port town? Get off of this island? It's good enough of a reason as any, I guess. It won't do for our purposes, though. They know that we're going for the crystal. We wouldn't very well just walk away from it. Mm -hmm. We need something that's in the same direction, but off of our path. Hmm. We could always ask the bartender. 
I think that may defeat our purpose if we go into the bar and ask the bartender for a possible destination. You say that, but work that into the conversation. We're planning on flying tomorrow. We're going to say that we're taking our cart there and ask where we could stop along the way to resupply. That is where they will be waiting for us, but we won't be there. That's a very good question. Uh, a fairly good idea. Do we know where the... um? Dracon, this is out of character. Do we know where the dragon is going to be dropping us off? You don't, other than if he was sworn to take you to the kingdom of Detroit. Okay, and the crystal is going to be in the kingdom of Detroit? That's all you know, yes. Okay. How big is the kingdom of Detroit? Pretty sizable, by your knowledge. Several thousand people. A pretty sizable castle that uh, butts up to a mountain range. Okay. Uh, I have knowledge history. Could I, like, get any kind of information about the kingdom itself? Yeah, let me know. Okay. I got a seven. <laughs> you know that the Kingdom of Detroit is a newer, na- newer nation, but okay. uh, it's pretty sizable. does well for itself. Uh, it's where the brothers McGurk made their first brewery from McGurk's Lurks. That's a good point. Um, we could uh, insinuate that we're going to stop at that brewery because we have a brewer with us and we're interested in, in making a detour. Yeah, and I've actually already spoken with the McGurks, uh, like, on the train. Like, I talked to them, and they tried my stuff, and they said it was good. That's true. That means that we should steer clear of wherever that brewery is, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or we could just go and fight them. There's a thud. From... Uh, jail is face hitting the table. Like an exhaustion, or is she dead? She's like drunk. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh. I thought she died. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, same. <laughs> I thought she was going down. Uh, well, one down. Um, Two down. I, I'd like this Clerk's idea. Two down. How um late into the night is it now? If these people are passing out, it's getting on. It's okay. Certainly, like respectable bedtime. We should move quickly then so that the bar isn't completely empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Valum will make his way down and as he goes to leave the room he goes, so McGurk's Lurks is what we're agreeing on, right? I think so, yes. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, right. We can also actually wait, hit it at some point over there, right? Because it sounds really neat. If there's no one down there on our way out, I can be like, all y'all should come to McGurk Lurks for try a special, you know, gear crank that I'm gonna, you know, be putting out. That's a good backup. Very good. All right. So Valen will make his way down to uh, the bar and order himself a drink. Yeah, L um, loosens his collar and uh, makes himself look a bit more disheveled and puts a stumble into his step. Is that possible? Well, yeah. Are you accusing 
show of looking disheveled at any point in his life ever. Not rakishly disheveled, disheveled, disheveled. He would delicately remove a glove and slap you across the face with it. <laughs> uh, no, I was insinuating whatever I could to get a rise out of you. That was very entertaining. Oh, oh good. That's fine. Um, All right. All right, so you two go down, and uh, there's sparse people. Uh, there's still a couple members from that birthday party uh, hanging out. Um, but maybe 15 people in the whole place. The, uh, the waiter or servant, uh, how did I describe him? I don't know if I said what color he was, but he's a tiefling. Um, comes up to you and goes, fancy you boys a private round. Rest of your room gone to bed, I see. Yeah, a bunch of lightweights. (laughs) Uh, yeah, uh, do you have any, uh, what is the, the uh, Magulks? Magulks Lurks, sir? Yes, of course. The very same. Yeah. <laughs> oh, find yourself a table or by the bar and I'll bring you boys around. That sounds wonderful. Thank you. Karen would try to motion to where the most people are. Mm-hmm. L pours himself into a seat. Um, he comes by later with uh, maybe a moment or so uh, with one for each of you. Sets down and goes, that'll be just a gold for the three of you. First round's on me, boys. Ugh, my friend, he I did not off. bring my wallet, so I'm afraid the next one will have to be on you as well. That sounds about right. Yep, I'm not surprised by this. <laughs> El laughs really, really loudly. Aaron says it's the least I can do. <laughs> uh, the the tiefling smiles and says, "Well, I'll bring you another round when you're looking empty, boys." And he, he gives him a great big wink. They heard it on the other side of the room. <laughs> uh, All right. So walking past the tiefling as he walks away is a single man in a long. Highwayman's coat, um, wearing a hat with his collar high. Hard to make out features. Give me a perception if you want them. Yep. Ooh, a 16. That is a 17. Okay. I got a 21. All right. Ooh. Definitely human. Hard to distinguish much else than that, but. Doesn't seem to be armed, but definitely human, paler skin, no noticeable features other than he has a slightly crooked nose, crooked to the left, uh, green eyes, and his hair has been stuffed into his hat, clearly trying to keep a low profile. Mm. Uh, And he leaves the bar in quite a rush. Mm. You can see the place where he was sitting has two platinums left. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, always try and follow that guy. If you want to, but L is setting his scene. Garen shrugs, thinking they shouldn't split up any more than they already have. Yeah, we should all stay yeah. together. We should definitely stay together. Alright, so 
All right, give me um, whoever wants to give me a, a best deception to sort of lay out false information. We can skip some RP. Sure. Okay. Oh my! My oh, wheelhouse. Got a nineteen. Should we just give you one roll, or right, whoever wants to give me their best, whatever, whoever thinks they have the best, give it to me. Nineteen plus six makes that a twenty-five. Ooh. Ooh. All right, that's what he got. Not the best. Deception's my jam. Right. All right, so you lay out some pretty convincing information that seems to be very obvious that other people in the tavern hear your guys' conversation about, man, this McGurk Slurk stuff is really damn good. We should go to that meadery or the, the brewery that's nearby at, at Detroit because that's where they make the stuff. We should definitely go by there and check that place out. Mm-hmm. A couple rounds, you guys lose a total of three gold to the rounds uh but pretty soon you guys are the only people other than the tiefling who looks like he would really like to go home well that's probably sufficient yeah i think we're tapped this place so to bed to bed indeed sounds good all right so valon makes his way up and tucks himself in. All right. Uh, Murdoch is awake at the table, enjoying a lonely uh, ale. But when you all arrive, he goes, "Good, you are safe. I will sleep now." And then throws a little his little rucksack on the ground and treats it like a pillow and immediately falls asleep. How sweet of him. Nice guy. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Should we post watch? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we should. I think that's post-watch. a good idea. I'll go if first. We had certain people with us that didn't even need to sleep, Garen would say as he owns. <laughs> well, I'll sleep a little bit. <laughs> I'll take the second watch. I'll I'll stay up first, Garen says. I can sleep on the dragon. There's nothing during first watch, uh, and uh, the the night is entirely peaceful. Woo! You see the golden rays of the sun begin to pierce the window. And I imagine right. people start to stir. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we lucked out. Um, I thought for sure something weird was going to happen last night. Hmm. I guess I was wrong. No. Don't so, complain too loudly. <laughs> Everyone ready to hop on the dragon? Yeah, he's bringing our cart with his with him, right? Uh, I think so. Yes. Uh, or I will not be leaving. Uh, the <laughs> cart goes. <laughs> we all go, or none of us go. Well, he made us wait a night. I think the least he could do is take our card. All right. Then again, uh, he's Garen, a dragon. Us, Might not Garen, be a good idea. Things together. You all are halfway through packing your bags, and you hear a echoing roar. That sounds a lot like a dragon coming from the middle of town. Hey, that sounds a lot like a dragon, Garen says. Sleep mumbles. Uh, he must have had a good night last night. 
Either that or we're late. Mm. Well, maybe let's put a hurry on it. Yep. Alright. Gonna huff it. Alright, so you guys, uh, including the the three NPCs. um, And the cart. And the cart. Make your way to the center of town. The dragon is in full form. Uh, Gretu Losha is sitting there in his dragon form and tapping a talon impatiently into the cobblestone road that has already made a three-foot-deep divot. Uh, hey, bo- good? Boomer, didn't you have something you needed to pick up this morning? Did I have something I needed to pick up this morning? Nah, I got my armor, and I got I got my gems. Oh. Dang it! There's oh, you did get the ar- you did get the armor. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I just took it as is. Uh, I I can if we have more time on our hands, it's just a vanity thing. Okay, okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. No, I put the armor on while I was leaving, and I yeah. All right. It's super okay. heavy. So the dragon looks nice. About time! Look, and he points to the sun that is beginning to big. Be in the sky, and he says, "You are late by the sun's rays." Well, there's more of you now. What is this? Uh, these are our new compatriots from the coalition. The uh, the three of them are already taking a knee and respect towards the dragon. Chesto stands up and goes, "Sir, if it would not be too forward." We would like to join these people that have earned your kindness. The dragon sort of rolls his eyes into the next county and goes, Fine. Well, I see you brought a box for you all to sit in for the ride. All of you get in it and let's be on our way. This place groans of idleness. Yeah, all right. Um, good, sir. Uh, I mean, my lord. Uh, what may I ask a quick question if if you will you see a little billow of flame escape both sides of his mouth he goes what is it uh i just have concern for the unicorn that we had brought with us just making sure she is all right i trust and believe in your power and your grace to protect her just you know one to say our abuse to her good lord He nods and goes, well, while we fly, write a parchment and a note. I will make sure it's brought to her attention, and once she is able to read it, I'm sure she will be overjoyed to hear your parting words. But we have not the time. We must fly. Get in your box. Let us go. Uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I I never thought about this, but can the spiders kind of like just latch onto the side? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. That's awesome. We have assault spiders. Just drop them. Just drop them on little parachutes. No castle. <laughs> Release the spiders. <laughs> that is the most Get terrifying siege weapon I have ever fucking heard. That is like <laughs> flinging giant spiders from like trebuchets into a keep. Just giant I like, I like it, the idea better if it's like a thousand little spiders and they're just all over everyone. Oh god. And they're just oh, screaming. Well, no. <laughs> let's, let's leave this nightmare behind us. 
All right, so <laughs> you, once you were all in the carriage, it's a little tight with the three more bodies, but uh, it's still it's still it would be impossible if it was the old carriage. You know that for sure. Um, so you know people are maybe rubbing hips on the bench, and uh, you know maybe not everyone can stretch fully, but there's space. Uh, and Ruder is laying across a couple laps, but probably no one minds. No, he's a puppy. And uh, with that, you hear uh, Greta Lasha's voice go, Well, hold on. And then you see large fucking talons grip, almost like he's holding a baby. Very, very, uh, I was going to say Ocelot from Dark Souls 3, but that's not going to track for everybody. Um, holds the, the carriage and you you feel like an elevator falling, just like everyone just whoosh as he flies into the air and just pulls the, you know, the carriage or, you know, holding the carriage in his two front arms. And, uh, it's a pretty intense feeling. I'm sure Boomer vomits. Uh, oh yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to stick his head out the front and vomit outside though. And, uh, and, and Ruder howls probably in fear. There goes all that sweet, sweet cotton candy. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but uh, you after a, a maybe a full minute of ascension, uh, you go you begin to coast and the the carriage relaxes. And outside of you know keeping the windows closed, it's actually quite you know non bumpy. Um, after a few minutes, Karen would reach into his pack and pull out the hat he was supposed to wear for the ceremony. And he'd put it on and say it only felt right. Did you guys keep your outfits too? Question mark. Slate's just going to yes. shake his head. I <laughs> suppose it's somewhere <laughs> in the bottom of my bag. That's uh, uh, so I can tell you where my stuff is. Uh, I feel like you guys aren't having nearly as much fun with this as we should be. <laughs> All right. So it's uh, about a day's flight. Um, what do you all do? Oh, uh, Slate's gonna Slate's gonna try and pray on the back of the dragon. Yeah, how's how's the in-flight moving? Um, wine. It's wine. <laughs> it's a, it's a big bottle of wine. That's the only time travel method you have for uh, a non-modern flight. This is my favorite. <laughs> so Boomer's it, gonna good. Uh, start working on that. His head. Is like thing for sure. with the diamond. Hey, that sounds cool. But Garen's gonna ask Boomer if he wants to drop rocks because Garen seems enamored with flight and thinks it would be fun to drop rocks from a flying carriage. Well, the moment hey, the moment you open the window, it's a fucking gale wind slamming around. <clears throat> well, Garen changed his mind. <laughs> I was about to say, if we drop rocks from here, bud, I want to be honest with you, we can kill people. Like, it would be bad. Like, just random people along the countryside smash their heads in with a rock. Cut to a fucking random farmer's boy, and he's just like, Papa, Papa, the corn's coming in nice. Thump, rock. Oh, God, no. <laughs> what, what if we drop a little cup of coins, and then it's a happy surprise for people. They're like, oh, there's a coin. Terminal velocity. No, they're still dead. Dropping from this height, that velocity, they're still dead. They're dead. Garen doesn't understand this. But he uh, he understands what you're trying to tell him. 
hey man, just uh, uh, I wish I would have made some sort of like cool toy or something to give to him. Gonna need a diagram. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, does anyone do any like projects outside of what we've already heard for the one day of travel? Nah. Nope. Uh, Garen would dare L to do a swig of wine for every push-up he does in the cart. There's no room in here to do push-ups. You're crazy. He is correct. There is not room. Unless you're going to do a push-up off of Valandes. Yeah. That's actually called a drow up. (laughs) (laughs) Much more difficult. Yeah. You only only need one. One's all you need. True. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, Garen's just going to sit then. Okay. All right. Um, So a full day passes. You can sort of see the sky darken and light up again. And then uh, you hear a roar and Greta Lashaw's voice echo through the cabin. We are about to descend. Grab onto something. Uh, I grab onto something quickly. The next moment feels like the worst air turbulence you've ever experienced in an airplane. Borderline terrifying. So much vomit. There's literally vomit everywhere. <laughs> uh, Ruder, Ruder, Ruder laps some of it up. Yeah. Dogs no. do that. <laughs> through, through, the vomit, through the vomit, I just want to be like, <laughs> we're losing you pretty bad but yeah oh my stupid phone it's okay it's just really funny because you're like through the vomit and then it's like staticky so it's, <laughs> it's just in like un- unintelligible as it would be it's like a garbled nice. throwing up robot yeah there's just vomit everywhere and he's gonna try to beg l to like fix it <laughs> <laughs> anyway so less than a full m- moment later you can it levels out and then you can hear dunk 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 as the four legs of the dragon uh hit the ground uh and your cart like you can feel it hit the ground and then like roll for 20 feet before it comes to a stop Woo. and he goes it is safe. We are grounded once more. L opens the cart as soon as possible to start venting out the smell of Boomer Bomb. Yep. Uh, you're Boomer's in a... Out roll out of the get out. Just roll out of the back. You're in a courtyard of a castle's keep. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, and you can see there's a there's a envoy of people co- rushing to greet you. A uh, series of a couple of dragonborn amongst them, of white scales. Hey. They the two of them greet you and goes. We are the sons of the good queen of Detroit. It is an honor to greet you, coalition <laughs> members. What? That means never do not be funny. <laughs> No, yeah, it's never not going to be funny. It's always going to be funny. If I ever make, like, a beautiful map of this fake world, I will make sure Detroit is visible on the map. Yeah. It's going to rest on my mantelpiece, and it'll be one of the prides of my life, and it will have the word Detroit written on it. 
Yep. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so they introduce themselves as the princes of the kingdom, and that they regard that you are all the second party of the coalition to arrive. Oh, oh really? Oh, the second, Fantastic. you say? Yes. The the previous party is just debriefing from the ritual of protection on the crystal. I'm sure they'd be oh. honored to meet you uh, in uh, in the feast hall that we've set for them uh, when you are all have your legs. That would be wonderful. We haven't uh, heard of any other parties getting to these crystals. Ah, oh, Garen kind of squares up a little bit. I thought we were the only ones, boyos. Well, we knew there were other parties, but we thought we were the only ones doing the crystals. Might be good. We to are the only guys. ones. Yeah, it might be good to meet them immediately. Yes, could yeah, you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's go. <laughs> Just give him a slap on the back to get the last of it out. Yep. Um, so the party, uh, you know, exits the caravan and Gratula Shah looks at you and goes, did you prepare the letter for the good lady? Letter, letter, uh, letter, um. Never mind, your words are shallow and I am sure she will be better off without it. Farewell and may we never meet again. And with that he leaps back into the air and dis, you know, fucking goes. Right. Dragons are dicks. Hey. hey man, imagine if you had like everything in the world and you're basically a demigod and someone knocks on your lair and goes, excuse me, sir, Mr. Dragon, uh, this notably more powerful dragon than you uh, demands that you serve him by ferrying some mortals across a countryside for their convenience. Oh, no. I get the perspective. I really do. He's still a dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, you right. You right. <laughs> All right, so we are marching with a purpose towards this other coalition party. Yes. Um, Kenny. Yes. Would I be able to slither on my uh, oil? oil? Yes. Karen's going to slither on his oil. You're going to hey. apply the oil. Hey, guys, uh, we're meeting the queen. Should we put those uh, rings on? Look nice That's not her. a bad idea. Um, Balan's gonna pop mage armor and then put the ring on. All right. <laughs> uh, L activates his super look fancy nice ring. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all he's got. Yeah. All right. So you're all looking particularly dapper, uh, except for Slate. Yeah. Sorry, uh, bud. Not gonna happen. <laughs> um, you don't even have one. <laughs> it's better that way. All right, so uh, the Jayla, Murdoch, and Chestos go, well, we have no preparations for the crystal, so we will make sure that your carriage is cleaned out and uh, make sure that we're all ready to travel soon. Find us when you need us. Much appreciated, friends. We'll be by the stables. Um, all right, so you all are escorted... Um, your in, the, the envoys that met you sort of seem to be a little concerned with your quick pace towards the, the palace. Um, but you enter the throne room and see before you a large 
open hall, at the end of which is a pair of thrones. One is vacant and one houses a strikingly beautiful dragonborn woman uh, with broad shoulders, tall form, and instead of a scepter, has a warhammer uh, as a scepter. Above the thrones is a large skeletal skull of a green dragon. And there, at the peak top center of the throne room, is the bottom half of the Crystal of Earth. The bottom half, you say? Yeah, it's sticking through the ceiling. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's like embedded there. Fantastic. Um, Garen's going to almost falter for a moment as he looks upon this incredibly regal and well-built dragonborn woman. Uh, he doesn't quite slate out, right? But, but, dudes, someone bring some water because the dude got thirsty for a second. <laughs> <laughs> the queen stands up and goes, "Ah, more members of the coalition grace my halls. It is indeed an honor to have you." I understand that you will probably want to meet with your other coalition members, and I offer you the opportunity to do so, but I request your audience when you are finished. Meet me in the Grand Library, just to the right here, or, you know, your left. She points to the her left, your guys' right. There's a large double door that's made out of wrought iron and has a skull across the middle of it. Let's go on that no-way foreboding door. Much appreciated, your highness. Elle gives her all due airs. She goes, brilliant. Find me there when you are ready. And with that, she stands up and, I guess she was already standing, she makes her way over there and opens those surprisingly heavy doors with the greatest of ease. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, the princes point to a door across the hall and goes, the other coalition party is there waiting for you. We are most eager to meet them. It has been a long time since you met anyone else from our order. Please excuse us. They do. Mm-hmm. Alright, you all walk into the other room and uh, amongst several scattered supplies and there, there's a cl- it's, it's a room that an adventuring party has been using as a, as a bedroom basically and uh, you can see that there's six members of a adventurer's party all standing around they seem to be, you know doing, like cleaning their armor and sharpening their blades when you, when you arrive And as they all look up, you notice one thing that unifies all of them. Every single one of them is wearing a black iron hammer necklace. I knew it! I fucking knew it! And that's where we're going to end it this week. No! You can't do that, Dracon. I can, because I was supposed to get here 45 minutes ago, but you chuckle fucks were like, let's spread misinformation and... Like, have a good time. And I was about that and not going to take you away from it. But I really wanted to get to this fight tonight, but we didn't. Uh, sorry. So, it's fine. It's fine. It really, really is. I don't <laughs> care. But I am going to fucking cliffhang you nerds because it's 8.50 and we normally end at 9. And if we want to get into this fight, then we're going to be staying up for another hour. And I know that some of us can't do that. Oh, that was coming. so good, though. It's so good. I, I could deal with staying up another hour and just getting a little less sleep. I'm unfortunately yeah. not able to do so. Yeah, this, is, okay. yeah, this is the time. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but uh, so yeah, I should be responsible. So all oh, of those party member, dope. all of those members of that 
seven-person party. Uh, did I say six? Six. Yes. Uh, six-person party. Look up at you. <laughs> right. It's actually 12. No, uh, uh, look up it's you. 45-person party. Yeah. Look up at you, grin, and then you notice that they're all wearing these black iron hammer necklaces. Uh, Boys. <laughs> Do any of them look familiar? Like, I know we've lost some party members along the way, and I don't want to be having no, no, no. You don't know because I already rolled credits. So, <laughs> hey man, don't take my cliffhanger away from me. No, that's fine. All right, so. As always, I have been and continue to be your dungeon master, Kenny. We had our entire party with us tonight, including our fighter. Hey, it's Jeff Blank Aaron. Have a good night, everyone. Our artificer. Hey, y'all. It's Dylan playing Boomer. Have a good night. Our uh, cleric. It's Scott playing uh, Slate. Everybody sleep tight. Our warlock. Hey, it's Jesse playing Valandis. Good night, and, everyone. And our bard. Uh, hi, it's Austin playing L. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Night, y'all. Bye. Bye. Oh, shit, I lost the button. Oh, my.